been a good week for games. It's been a bad week for getting anything else done in my life, but it's been a good week for games. I'll tell you that. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, we talk about it all the time, and there is a term for it now that I truly, truly love. Digital crime. Crime. <laughs> it's called crime, and we're going to start doing it. We're going to do it more and more. Here's the thing. They call it crime. I call yeah. it even in the odds. I call it, I call it hustle, you know? I just call it hustle. I call it a Sigma grind set. That's what I call it. That's right. This is a Manosphere podcast now. Uh Uh-oh. No. 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 And what do they call it, Anthony? Do crimes against the government. Don't do crimes against other people. (laughs) Um, We do not officially we do not officially endorse crime, but like do crimes. But like if you're gonna do crimes against the entrenched power structure, (laughs) sure. Do some crimes. Do a little bit, hey. Have a little bit of crime as a treat. No, the um, the the thing that I'm talking about, Jeff, digital dementia. Oh, digital dementia. Yeah, it's a okay, Megadeth me album. Can... <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good 1987's Digital Dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? Digital Dementia. Calm down, Dave Mustaine. Um, Yeah, guess. Guess what it is. Okay, I'm going to guess. So I'll parse that. Digital dementia. uh, Dementia, of course, um, you know, this this, uh, failing of of the mind, uh, uh, inability to to remember things, uh, maybe brought on by using devices. Uh, I pull out my phone. I don't remember why I did I pulled out my phone in the first place. Well, that's certainly part of it. But I can, I can, I can look for any object and not know why I was looking for it just thirty seconds ago. That's that's oh my blessing and my curse. Yeah, that's my secret cap. I'm always confused. <laughs> I digital dementia is something that we we have been sort of talking about since the beginning of this podcast, and it's something that we have a lot of interest in, which is. Our smart devices is the internet. Making us stupider. Making us smarter or dumber. Is it helping or hindering our memory? Memory in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a story that was uh, sent to us on the Discord. You can get access to that Discord for just a buck a month. Head to patreon.com slash we have concerns to find out how. Uh, It was sent to us by uh, old Synergy himself. Z Synergy Mansfield. Love it. Love it. Uh, Z always given given good story. Given the, the good stories. Uh, and this is a study that was just published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. Uh, I let my subscription lapse. Yeah, I had to decide between uh, the Journal of Experimental Psychology or uh, Ranger Rick. <laughs> and I like to do the puzzles where I pick what's different between the two pictures. Yeah. So I went with Ranger Rick. Um, this is a study that uh, has been trying to figure out whether smartphones are actually helping or hindering our memory. The problem with this, Jeff, with mm-hmm. figuring this out, and the reason we're still arguing about it and we're not looking at a ton of data about it is... We keep, we keep forgetting. We keep we, forgetting that we already did all this. I pull out my phone to look for the data about it, and then I'm on TikTok for 45 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, the issue is... 
there, we haven't had enough time with this technology to run a proper longitudinal study. What are you going to do? A, what are we going to do? A 30 year study on how smartphones have affected our brains? We haven't had Can't. them for 30 years. Can't. You can't, can't do, do it. It only goes back to 2007. Even the even studying the long-term effect of the internet, of, of having a constantly connected society where you can look things up all the time. It's We still don't have enough time or enough of a sample size to really do a longitudinal study. So but this is, isn't this the uh, analogous to something we've talked about a lot, as you said, uh, this notion of offloading, how it is natural for our brains to offload work. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes do it to our our longtime companions. We'll do it to coworkers, and we'll do it to tools and devices, so that we, our brain says, "Oh, I I don't need to shoulder that labor anymore. I can offload." Honey, you know all the 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 birthdays of our children. Yes, I no longer have to do that. Yes, who amongst us has not used a significant other? or friend, or family member as a day planner. A lot of us have. Exactly. And, you know, it goes in different ways. Like, I'm maybe I'm bad with dates, but I'm good with directions, right? And maybe you're bad with directions and you're good with dates. And that's, like, great. And it works. Um, so, yeah, we, we have always offloaded information. And the question is whether this constant offloading of information, particularly into devices where we can now offload just about everything. Right. You know, um, like we said, I don't even know a single phone number, let alone remember a phone number. Right. But growing up, yeah. like when I, remember, I was, we all had to, we all had to remember our, all our friends' phone numbers. Yeah. It was just something you had to remember. And so now yeah. it's like, you think about, you think about individual things like that and you go, well, I don't even remember stuff like that anymore. Is my memory getting worse? Mm hmm. Uh, because you equate that to, well, now that I'm not, not trying to remember as many things at once, am I underutilizing my memory? Am I not right. exercising my memory enough? Right? Yeah. And that's the thing that we are, we, we kind of worry about with digital dementia is not like, it's not a problem that you have a calendar on your phone. It's great that you have a calendar on your phone, but is it actually making it harder for you to remember dates? Well, I got to say the term does not inspire a lot of confidence. It, it no. doesn't sound like a positive thing, digital dementia. Well, what if I told you it was a Jamiroquai album and not a Megadeth album? <laughs> now I'm into it. Now it's got a groove. Yeah. I can dance to it. Futures made up. Um, digital dementia. <laughs> uh, so what they wanted to do, this team, was okay. They wanted to see if really offloading this stuff is making us use our memories less or if something else that we've noticed is actually coming into play, which is, Jeff, we've talked about this too. I only remember dumb shit. Right. Like the Jamiroquai lyrics that you just pulled out of your ass. That's right. I remember Jamiroquai. I can tell you like the release date of movies I remember, you know, lines. Yeah. I remember lines from television shows. I am, I remember dumb shit, right? Yeah. Yes. Show me a picture of a Pokemon or a Sonic Adventure character. I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> I'll tell you who it is. Yeah. That's Charmy B is what I'll say to you. Vital. Uh, that's, I love Charmy B's that's second That's SBO album. the Chameleon. I know who they are. 
that's vital life preserving information that evolution tells us we need to retain. Yes. And that's what this, this group wanted to find out is, Hey, by offloading important stuff and by knowing that important stuff is safe, are we actually allowing ourselves to remember more? Are we allowing ourselves? Oh, interesting. By knowing that the vital information that we need to be okay is all recorded somewhere. Freeing up space for them Pokemon characters. And not only are we freeing up space, are we less worried about remembering important stuff and by less and by stressing ourselves less, are we actually remembering more things? Hmm. Right? You think about like- because. We know that it's not super important to remember the Pokemon characters, so we're not stressed about it. It just, it's it's like the relaxed hand, you know, the Zen thing of don't squeeze the rock. You just yes. relax into it and the information is retained. Exactly. That's the idea. That's the idea. So they wanted to test this. Um, and they said, and this team, they're from the University College London, uh, and they were like, listen, we too are waiting for these big longitudinal studies because they're going to be of a huge, huge help. But like, what can we do that's going to prove this one way or the other? Give us some sort of information. So the way it works. What can we do that's more of a shortened tutorial? What study. can we, yeah. What can we do that sort of gets us out by like 345 because the weather's nice right now? Yeah. We still get all that same grant money. Yeah. But like sooner and quicker and we just, we can have a beer at the pub. You know, it's like it's like you can remember more when you're not stressed and you can do better studies when you're not stressed. <laughs> and like maybe we just we'll just leave it like 345. <laughs> just a little shoulder shimmy. We'll get out at 345. Boom. I can do the same amount of science in half the time. Come on. Uh, so what they did was they grabbed 158 adult volunteers and they showed them it would be too many. Yeah, yeah 160 would be right out. Like 160 would be like, well, now we just have extra useless data and we're definitely not leaving by 345. (laughs) I got to write all this data. We got to record all this data. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. 158. (laughs) I figured out exactly how many numbers we can crunch and still get out before traffic. Two of you stay in the lobby. Uh (laughs) So 158 volunteers were showed um, up to... 12 circled numbers on a touchscreen. And then they were told like, hey, and these numbers were random, right? It's like 15, 28, 72. And they're like, hey, anytime you see the number 72, you have to move it to the left. If you see the number 17, you have to move it to the right. And so they had to like be shown random patterns of these numbers Mm -hmm. and remember all the rules and move them around. Yeah, no, I saw severance. I know how it works. Yeah, it's severance. <laughs> they had to do the job from severance. <laughs> Are you just telling me the plot of severance? This so, episode is it? So we weirdly, right weirdly, now? one day there's like this goat, <laughs> and nobody. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers for severance. It's the best show of the year. Go watch really severance. Um, so they had to remember to move the numbers left and right, and they were given money for every correct move they made and certain numbers were dubbed high value numbers if you remember what direction to move those numbers in that's worth twice as much money as any other number 
So immediately, Jeff. Sick, sick, sick. sick. Mm-hmm. So immediately, Jeff. I want this job. I, I can feel like I could fucking crush this job. First of all, it's not a job. It's a study. But I get it's, money for it. It's, they, o- it's over. Job. They did it. It's not. It's done now. Can we get a? Can we bring it back? Yeah, we can get the study thrown out. I want to make them do it I wanna, again. I wanna, I want this job. I, I feel like I could crush this job, Anthony. I'm telling you, I was made for this job. This job is literally what I thought all adult jobs were. <laughs> this is when I was a kid and I was like, I would, I would see like people working and it was just, I was just like, oh, you just move numbers left and right. It <laughs> <laughs> seems boring. What purpose does that serve? Fast forward uh, a million years and I'll tell you what, I still think all jobs are that and I still yeah. don't know why they're important. Yeah. Sorry. Try I, to. Yeah. This is, this is called Excel, right? This is the, yeah. the, the computer program Excel I, Every, I'm, I'm familiar with. Somebody please explain how anything we do is important to me. Please. <laughs> anyone. Um, so basically if I give you this list of numbers, Jeff, and I tell you these three numbers in particular, if you do the right thing with them, you get double the money. What do you immediately do? The, uh, the double the money thing. Yeah, you try to remember I'm gonna, those. That's I'm going to remember those money, that, that, those numbers. Yeah. yeah, that's the important numbers. You definitely go, okay, okay, yeah, 17 to the left, 17 yeah. to the left. And maybe right. you forget a bunch of the other numbers, right? Because you're focused on the double money numbers. Screw that low money bullshit. We don't have time for that, baby. Put it all yeah. on red or black. Right. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm terrified. Um <laughs> So what they did was they they were given the task, they were given the list, they were given the numbers. They had to move these numbers 16 times. Now, during half of their attempts, they were allowed to set reminders on a digital device of what numbers do. Okay. During the okay. other half of their attempts, and every attempt, they're given a new list, new rules, new numbers, right? All right, so we're seeing if the digital device cheat sheet lets them offload the work of having to actually retain the numbers they need. Right. And right. And not just the important ones that they save, but the less important numbers that they're not allowed to set reminders for. Mm, right. Okay. So the people tended, you know, to set reminders for high value numbers. Yeah. And that improved their ability to remember those numbers by 18%. Just having the reminder, putting it in there, they did 18% better with those numbers. But, they got better at remembering the low value numbers, the ones that they did not set any reminders for. And they got 27% better at those. They right, did better. Right, because they could just write down everything, right? Right. But they did better at remembering the one that they didn't remind themselves just by oh, knowing that weird. reminders were there. Oh, so they didn't, they didn't write temper- down the fact, they didn't write down the low value numbers, but they actually improved because they could offload the high value numbers. And so the, it, it freed up space in their brain to just also remember the low value numbers. And their brain was a better aid for them by 10% than the actual digital reminders they set. The human mind oh, yeah. gave, the, gave them a 10% better improvement. Wow. But only because that human mind didn't have to worry about the really stressful, high priority ones. Exactly. Exactly. And so now what they're saying is by storing the most important information on a device, you have freed up 
way more memory capacity than you even knew you had. Right. To remember other things. I don't have to worry about my mom's phone number. So I get to remember Pokemon characters. Yeah. I don't know my mother's middle name. <laughs> I have to look that up. But it is it is weird that you use that middle name app uh, so frequently. Yeah, it's it's funny. Somebody was like, you know, you can add somebody's middle name to your address book. And I was like, I like paying three ninety nine a month for a well-designed app that does it. Yeah, I'm that I'm the guy. If you're wondering who they're designing all of these apps for, it's me. I'm the guy who will pay a three ninety nine subscription for the most garbage apps. By the way, if you go right now in the app store, you can buy our new app mids. The middle name app. <laughs> it describes what you can remember with it and the quality of our podcast. <laughs> and that's how you can remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, right in the middle. Yeah. It's a pretty, I would, I would describe our shows pretty mid. Um, so, but, but I love this. It all, but that also brings up the man, Jeff, all these tools for reminders. Like genuinely, have you ever tried to find just a good to-do list app? Oh, do not get me started on this because this is a major, you know what I use? You know what I use? Fucking notepad. Yeah. That's what I use because the process of selecting a, in another app is too overwhelming. Everybody's like Evernote or this or that. And it's like, it's, it's, it's too much. I mean, all I need is, I just need to, put it down somewhere. And so I'm just going to open notepad and use it. And so I have infinite notepad thing where I have to search to find the, th- it's, it's stupid. I'm stupid is what I'm saying. It's no, stupid. but I, I do the same thing. I'm very much like, okay, I want a to-do list, but wouldn't it be nice if my to-do list also was like, I mean, we've we've talked about this. I got way deep into the cult of getting things done when that was a thing, the GTD and like all of these systems and where it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice though? Because I've got my ADHD. I've got a cluttered mind. I'm scattered. Wouldn't it be nice if while I'm sitting down at my computer doing computer work, if I could bring up a to-do list that only showed me the stuff that I can get done at the computer? Right. Oh, yeah. Or, or if I'm out running errands, I could hit a button on my to-do list that was like, Hey, if you're out running errands, here are the errands you've been meaning to run. Right. And that's what, that's yeah. what all of these like to-do list apps are supposed to do. Contextually smart. Con- yeah. Contexts, it, you know, geofencing, things like right. that, where it's like, Hey, I noticed that you're near the grocery store you always go to. Here are the things yeah. that you need for groceries. The yeah. problem is Jeff. Setting up a system like this. Yeah. You know what that is? Sitting down. What? You've described a wife. (laughs) I'm sorry. Are we a sitcom from the 80s? What the fuck just came out of your mouth? Not a wife. Not a a wife in particular, but I'm saying for us, it would be. I'm talking a a spouse. You've described a spouse. You've described, yeah. We've described another person who's like, could you pick up, you're at, by the grocery store, could you pick up eggs and milk, please? Hey, if you're not a patron at the video level, Jeff showed up to the show today wearing a a headband that looks like an arrow going through his head. And right before he, right before he said, you know what that sounds like? And then he adjusted his tie and he went, a wife. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean gender specific. I just meant a spouse. It means a, a companion, a second person. Could you all hear him tap the mic twice when he said it? (laughs) We know you didn't mean that. It's just funny how it came out. But no, it's (laughs) setting up a system like that is too cumbersome. And the return on on investment for a system like that, you'll spend days. And that's that's the trouble if you're somebody who does want to set up an off, you know, kind of like an off-board memory system is... I love to tinker. I'm a gadget guy. I'm a tinker guy. If you give yeah. me a system to set up, buddy, I'm going to play it like it's a tower defense game. I'm going to spend hours setting up this system. Yeah. And then I get worried. And when you talk about comparing these apps, that's one of the things that I look, I'm looking at eight different to-do list apps and I'm like, well, that one looks cleaner, but that one allows me to do context in this way. And this way, this one has recurring tasks that can do this and you're like looking and you're trying and it's just a fucking to-do list and i think one of the things that this study shows is like if you just get it down somewhere if you just put it down somewhere that you know that you're going to be able to check yeah it's going to be the single most helpful thing that you can do now i'm extrapolating from their findings they didn't say this but to me that's sort of what it's saying right because the the other problem, and I don't know if you come across if you come across this too, is I'll want to try out a couple different ones. And so when I want to try out a couple different ones, I'll try to like I'll beep boop bop and some stuff into this one and beep boop bop some stuff into that one. And the problem, Jeff, is all of these to do lists don't match. <laughs> right? You're like, well, now it's all useless. And now it's all useless. Yeah, because I don't know. I got I don't know if I my list is 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 complete. Is this the most optimal list? Is this the list with the most important things? Or did I put something very important to the other one I was trying? And maybe I forget some of the ones that I'm trying. (laughs) And so I just stopped checking them. And it's... There's literally you, you, nothing better than if if you write it on a napkin, it's fine. Just remember that you write everything on the napkin. Right. Yes. Yes. Here to me is the fundamental issue with to-do lists apps. And you've, you've kind of described this already but I'll put a finer point on it. The entire point of a to-do list for me is to get it done very soon. Right. Like I want to write it down so I will remember to do that tomorrow or very soon. And so the the work of setting up the app, getting it right, do, putting it, filling it out, doing it all the things, it, it overshadows the ephemeral nature of the note itself. The note is not going to last very long. It's not intended to last very long. No. It's supposed to be like, oh crap, tomorrow I got to do my laundry or tomorrow I got to go pick up that thing. Right. So I write down, pick up the thing. And then tomorrow I get to delete that. So like, it's supposed to just exist in a very short period of time. Right. And so all of the work of, of, of sorting it and putting it and getting it. And it's just like, well, why am I even doing I just write it on the fucking Jeff, Okay. But listen, Jeff, can't you imagine a life? Here's the life, Jeff. You wake up in a, uh, in a beautiful, clean, white, pristine apartment. You're a minimalist. Yeah. Congratulations. You did it. I you, did. you only have Every- the things that bring you the most joy. You only uh-huh. have the things that are the, the most useful to you. And you wake up and you sit up and you don't even look at your to-do list. What happens oh. is when you wake up, a little bing bong is like, hey, Jeff, 
Yeah. Remember that when you first woke up this morning, you wanted to do this immediately. Oh, thank you. Right. Thank you, Bing thank Bong. You, Bing Bong. Yeah. So you sit down, you do it, whatever that is. Uh, and while you're doing it, of course, your coffee is being made for you because you have a smart home thing that sets right. up your coffee for you. Uh, yes. And that just goes, and and like you've set up the rules. So like the coffee knows, the coffee maker knows not to make coffee on days you're not there. Right. You know what I mean? So you don't even have yes. to worry about that. If it if it's if it's eight a.m. and you're not in the house, the coffee maker can coffee. see that and it doesn't make yeah. coffee because your life is set up perfectly. And this so when you the leave the frictionless existence that you're you're attempting to create is you're just moving through space and time, and all of the things that you need to do in that particular moment and in that particular place were preordained, were were thought through ahead of time, and just arrive when they need to be. Right? I am the I am simply the vessel for the most important things that I am destined to do. The ephemera, uh-huh. yeah. the trash, the detritus of the day-to-day life. Oh, I have to go out. You said, oh, I have to do my laundry and I have to go out and get this thing. Jeff, I finish my most important thing and I get into my car, which of course drives itself. I get into my car to do my errands uh-huh. and Bing Bong sees what I'm doing. And Bing Bong is like, hey, looks like you're driving by the post office. Did you mean to drop by the P.O. box? I'm looking at your calendar and it says you have 15 minutes. You've got plenty of time to drop by the P.O. box. So you go to the P.O. box. While you're at the P.O. box, Bing Bong says, hey, man, you remember that? uh, I don't know if you remember, but that donut shop that you wanted to try is right here by the P.O. box. Do you want me to add that in? We can just go right now and get that donut. And I'll pop up the little reminder of what the donut was that you wanted. Maybe yeah. I'll order ahead and you can just pick it up. No, this is beautiful. This, this is Bing be- Bong. This, and this, this is-, is why Bing Bong is why I will sit for a day and a half futzing with a fucking yeah. to-do list. You, you're trying to create Bing Bong. I want, and listen. Everybody's trying to create Bing Bong. Google yeah. tried to create Bing Bong. Amazon's trying to create Bing Bong. They're all trying yeah. to make Bing Bong. Bing Bong don't work. Bing Bong has never worked. The only Bing Bong that's ever worked is the the Bing Bong that is owned by the 19th century uh, aristocrat <laughs> landowner who's, who has a valet. Yes. Know? This is a Bing Bong is, is a, a Bing Bong is a person yes. who lives in your home. Yes. That you pay a salary. <laughs> yes. This is, this is Downton Abbey is what yes. this, this is the valet from Downton Abbey who just anticipates your every need has the steaming cup of tea as you walk in the room that you didn't realize you yeah. were going to want. Only Bruce Wang has a bing bong. <laughs> That's right. That's Bruce right. Wayne has a bing bong. Bruce Wayne, like, oh shit. What do you have? Uh, what have you have a cut that's sliced through all your tendons? Don't worry. I know how to patch that up. And also yeah. I made you soup. And also <laughs> here's your mail. I sorted through for the most. When does Alfred do all the shit around the house? That's what I want to yeah. know. Bruce Wayne comes home. Alfred needs a bing bong. Bruce Wayne needs com- a bing bong. Bruce yeah, Wayne who's comes Alfred's home. Bing bong? Who's that's Alfred's bing bong? Who's Alfred's Bing Bong? That and and honestly, that's the that's the real fantasy of of Batman. Not that he gets to dress in a fun suit and go use gadgets to get bad guys. It's that he has a Bing Bong at home, catering to his every need. Yeah, that's the real. Because here's what's up: is the fantasy. If Bruce Wayne is literally on an IV that Alfred has set up, which we've seen before, it happens like almost every day. Which, yeah. by the way, I don't. The one thing, the one thing that I have not 
explained to me in a way that I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for yet is where Bruce Wayne gets all the blood he stores around the house. Because <laughs> Alfred's always giving him a transfusion. So if yeah. Alfred is literally looking over somebody whose system is about to go into shock at any moment because he's lost a lot of blood, when's Alfred sorting the mail? Alfred's bing bong tells him uh, once a month that he's going to donate blood to the refrigerator. <laughs> sorry, Alfred. It's time. It's time to donate more blood. Bing bong. So Alfred has the same the blood type as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that's one of the other things. That's, that's what you want out of a good bing bong. Let me your tell you something. Doesn't match your blood type. Every Robin is a universal donor. They don't tell you that. <laughs> but every teenage ward that Bruce Wayne has ever taken in has been a universal donor. They're that's a how type he of. Them. That's They're, how he selects them. It's like, listen, you this think he kid just goes to the circus willy nilly and picks out a Robin. No, look, no there way. are a lot of kids with tragic pasts that want revenge, <laughs> but not all of them have the right blood type. <laughs> but this is the. But this is what I'm getting at is this is why we want to set these things up. And yeah. this is the difference. We we talk about digital dementia, but we also talk about something like this where. Okay, if we know that offloading the things that we want to remember helps us remember more and really does help us be more efficient, the problem with that is then my personality, I want to lean all the way into that and I want to get to bing bong. Yeah. And that's why I, I try to set up these systems. You know what I mean? Like, because you I don't just want the to-do list, right? You, okay, let me put this in a way, like maybe not everybody wants like the uh, the robot life that we were talking about, but. Here's something that I think a lot of people that resonates with a lot of people. We want to have the to-do list, but also the place that where we remember all the good books that we heard about that we want to read, the good shows that we wanted to watch, the good places we wanted to go see. And we yeah. want one system that is easy for us to immediately pull up that information and know because we're afraid that we're forgetting the important stuff or the stuff that we really want to enjoy. Well, that's that's the, the the counterpoint to what you're saying is that the reason I think we have even have a term like digital dementia, which has such negative connotations about all this, is that I think the problem, is if you lean into your bing bong, is ultimately at some point, you're going to need that information and you're not going to have your bing bong your, or your bing bong is going to be offline that day, or you're going to be in some situation where you need to, you need to access that information and you have completely offloaded it. And then you feel adrift and you do feel like you've got dementia. You feel completely disarmed and, right. and, and that's not good. And so I think that's the problem is that, yes, we can, we can lean into it. We can use these, these tools to supplement our memory and to handle all the heavy lifting of, of recall and, 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 uh, organization and all that stuff. But at a certain point, it does feel like we are less equipped. We, we have mm -hmm. relinquished that skill. Yeah. And I have, I do have those issues of that kind of brings up these issues of faith that I have with these systems too, that make it hard for me to stick to a to-do list or even a, even a simple one, because it's like the moment I know that I forgot to put a book that I wanted to read in the list of books that I want to read, I immediately lose faith in that list of books. I'm that person, yeah. right? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, 
this was supposed to be the place where I store every book I want to read. And for whatever reason, somebody told me about a book and I didn't have my phone with me or uh, the app wasn't working that day or something like that. And I didn't put it in the list. And now it invalidates to me how worthwhile that list is because it didn't catch everything it was supposed to catch. There was a hole in the basket. Right. Right. I was, I was, I was bailing water out and there was, we didn't plug the hole in the boat. And so I think that's another important thing about this study, which is like, Hey, you don't need to get it all down. Right. And that's something that I try to remember too, is like, it's okay. The, the point of this, the point of using a to-do list or using one of these systems is not that absolutely nothing falls through the cracks. It's impossible. But yeah. It's, I have a hard time remembering that it's okay that a few things fall through the cracks. Well, I think you bring up a good point also that this study belies because it, 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 the parameters of the study were very narrow in the sense that they had this way to record things and then they had this way to, you know, report what they know. But in order for us to get to that place of less stress on the brain and a relaxation that allows us to utilize the extra (laughs) elbow room that our brain gets to remember other stuff. I think, unfortunately, as you're describing, part of the mental stress isn't just, oh, I recorded the thing or I didn't record the thing. It's where did I record the thing? So it becomes where are all these disparate bits of information recorded? Maybe all even in the same phone. Like which... Which, like you're saying, which multiple app or which section or like, oh my God, did I get that as an email or a text? Was that, did somebody send me an Instagram about that? What, where did I get that? It may all be recorded and offloaded in some way, but there still is a mental load to just categorize and index where that information is stored. Well, and here's one of the toughest, here's the downside of the study, right? Is like when the reminders, they they let these people set these reminders, but when the reminders were taken away, remember that they put reminders for these high value numbers and they were, and their memory, they were, had the low value numbers. When their reminders were taken away, they only remembered the low value numbers, (laughs) right? Right. So that's what we're saying is like, you put this important stuff down and then yeah. the app goes down or your phone goes dead. Right. And, and all of a sudden, high priority stuff. All yeah. you remember is the names of the Pokemon. You don't have mom's phone number. You need to call mom right now. All you remember yeah. is cream the rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And big and the cat. The other layer too is in order to get us to our bing bong Alfred future that we all want, bing bong has to synthesize all the parts of our life. We have to trust our Alfred implicitly. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we can't because he's going to let Vicky Vale into the bat cave. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A clear violation of the directive. No one gets into the bat cave. But honestly, honestly, Jeff, we're making a joke, but it actually proves your point because Alfred knew exactly when it was perfect to let Vicky Vale into the bat cave. True. And so that's true. what you're saying. We so want true. the bing bong to not just have the information or be able to give us the information, but to surface the most important things at the most important times. And this is Google's point. Google is like, hey, hey, fellas, I need all of it. 
I need all of it. In order for me to be your bing bong, mm-hmm. you got to give me everything. And I think people are like, ah, I, I want the bing bong, but I don't want to <laughs> give you everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Google can't be my bing bong. I mean, listen, they already are. They already have everything. Google has everything. But like, I don't want to give them like everything, everything. (laughs) Like there's some stuff they don't have. Like safe search gets turned on every once. Like, you know what I mean? Like incognito mode gets turned on sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, Google doesn't want, like Google doesn't need to know everything about my life. It doesn't need them searching for bing bong. (laughs) It doesn't need to know them searching for bing bong. Yeah. And, but I think this is ultimately like the the conundrum with the digital, the digital version of Alfred, right? Is that, I mean, this is exactly what, when people are like, I don't like the fact that it served me an ad for the thing I was specifically talking about, you know, to my wife. It's like, well, but that's, Alfred would do, that's what Alfred would do. Alfred would be like, hey, I heard you mention that you needed this. I'm just going to, help you get it. it that's it but people are like oh that feels weird it feels yucky is there a way to rebrand google as a kindly old man <laughs> ask jeeves tried it already buddy oh man <laughs> i miss jeeves where's jeeves now that we need him most <laughs> jeeves was just too too ahead of his time that's the problem that's the issue uh, people haven't got all, all icky about search yet <laughs> do you know what i think the best version of this bing bong we've ever come up with is and i think it's the i think it's the perfect mix of we want the future bing bong lifestyle but we know that we will benefit the most from a simple list that is under our control that we always have access to i think it's a commonplace book you know commonplace books like in the 18th century 19th century people would have what they called commonplace books and it's a mix of like it was your diary but it was also like if you heard something interesting throughout the day, you would write it down. If there were things you needed to do, you would write it down. The commonplace book was like, it sat somewhere in your home, sometimes by your bed, sometimes in the living room, wherever. And the commonplace book was like, I'm going to put down every single thing that I, that I, need to know throughout the day. And they would put them under like, you know, subject headings or whatever. It's almost like a bullet journal, but fancy. You know, I've never heard of that. Yeah, a commonplace book. You, my sometimes it was for the whole house, and sometimes it was for just huh. one person. That's interesting. I, my, I I recall that my my grandfather uh, used to uh, walk around. He always had a, a a shirt or a you know a top on on that had a pocket, a lapel mm-hmm. pocket, and he always had in that lapel pocket a tiny little notebook and pen. Yeah. He just always had it there. And that I feel like, I mean, I don't, I was never privy to it because I was just a little kid, but right here I was, yeah, I have my field notes all the time. Field notes. Yeah. And he just, I just feel like he had everything he could, anything, any idea that occurred to him, anything, he just pulled that out, wrote it down. It just felt like it was the repository for, I mean, it was his smartphone, right? Yeah. The trick is just like with the commonplace, like just like with the smartphone or the system or whatever is like, okay, I got everything down in the notebook. And this is where the notebook falls apart for me because I love carrying around like a little notebook like this, writing everything down. But the problem with the notebook is how do you retrieve 
things from a notebook that you're just writing shit down in randomly all the time. Yeah, you just got to look through it. You got to spend time looking through it. And so I've tried to do something where I keep the notebook and then once a week I go through the notebook and I try to put things from the notebook into a digital system. Mm. Buddy, I can't remember to do that. <laughs> you know what would be helpful? A bing like, bong. Some sort of bing bong that could do that for you. Uh, just a bing bong that would do it for me. I even, I even went, Jeff, you remember, I think I showed you some of this before. Do you remember the promise of the notebook with the digital pen? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, that's still, they're still selling that kind of stuff. I just got my wife for Christmas last Christmas. I got her, um, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like that. It's uh, the digital pen, then it digitizes it and it's supposed to do that. And I don't even right. know if you use it. And like, and, and Apple Notes is supposed to do it too, or it has like the OCR or whatever. And then you can like yeah. turn it into text. And, but I remember getting like a physical notebook. So I wrote everything down in the physical notebook and then like, the pen recorded its position in the notebook because the notebook had like a dot grid on it. And then yeah. you would plug the pen into the computer and it would like give you your pages of stuff and it would turn it into text. And I was like, there, this is it. I have everything here in this book and then yeah. I have searchable text, but like the notebooks, like you had to buy special paper and like yeah. it cost a bazillion dollars. And then like, it didn't recognize your handwriting all the time. Like it never works. It never works. Well, the fundamental problem is what we want from our bing bong is organization. We want it to organize and present the information. And it just is never going to be able to do that because we are the people who have to define those parameters. You're talking about an assistant or an intern. <laughs> yes. If you want to take yes. all of your meeting notes from the week and have somebody yes. type them up and organize them for you, you're yeah. talking about, here's the thing. We're trying to get rid of the work of being a person who needs to know things. <laughs> yes. In order yes. to give ourselves more time to be a person who knows things. Yes. And that's not unreasonable. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I like about this study, which is like, the the moral that I took away from it is we don't need to be worried about putting things into do lists. We don't need to be worried about putting things into these tiny little systems or whatever, but we need to just like, we need to not fear them and also not want them to be everything. I think it, I think the way you're doing it is probably great, right? If you just have one. No, but, terrible. But, uh, but do you remember to check your to-do list? That's the trick. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, we, there's a whole other angle that we've talked about on the show before a lot, which is that me writing it into the to-do list often feels like I've accomplished something and therefore <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down and then it feels like I just, just did it. I did something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's, but that's a whole other issue. I think for me, the central question from this story that I'd like you to answer is, do you think this data refutes the notion of digital dementia. Do you think that it, this, this, this feeling that's worry that we all have that our devices are making us dumber. Do you think this is saying, well, not really? Yes, I absolutely believe it does. What, I, what I'm taking away from this is we are correct in that we have less instantaneous recall of certain things, but that is okay. And are the things that we now store in our memories a little less important, which makes us feel like we're a little dumber. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But we're not. 
like that's the trick is like if you're remembering more things right and remember like just because you don't have to write every single thing down or put every single important thing down to remember it there are some fundamental things you're going you know you remember the things you need to remember to do your job like you remember there are things that you will memorize because they're important to you and they are important information i would argue that a phone number while yes it's important information because you emotionally give it the marker of this is how i get in touch with a person that i care about it is not important information Right. Right. It's not it's not as important as remembering something that actually is uh, important to your safety or your survival or your vocation or something like that. Remembering a phone number would be great. But it doesn't removing that phone number from your memory does not remove that person from your life or the important things you need to do with that person from your life. And I think that's something that we equate with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. it sounds to me like from this, from this, that digital dementia is more like us noticing a change in the way we remember things. That's all. Right. What do you yeah. think? No, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think you put it in a really uh, concise way, which is this feeling that we are freeing up our minds to remember more trivial things feels like a a trivialization of our brains, you know, our minds are that we, Oh, I, I just remember garbage and therefore the thing is making me dumber. Right. I think it belies that notion because I think, I think it's encouraging to say, Oh no, your brain is still working and, and doing and, and, and soaking up information. You're just allowing it the luxury of soaking up less high priority information. Yeah. And listen, if you feel like your brain is just full of dumb shit, like maybe stop, maybe, maybe take in less dumb shit throughout the day. Like maybe that's actually not a, not a a sign that your memory is getting worse. Maybe it's a sign that like you're only consuming trash media or something like that. Like, yeah, maybe, but, but maybe it's not trash that I know that big, the cat's birthday is November 26th. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that is important. Because you know what? Maybe. It's certainly funnier than knowing my mom's birthday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I tell you that my mom's birthday is October 30th, right? Yeah. You're like, cool, great, whatever. But if I tell you that Big the Cat's birthday is November 26th, that's fun. We just had fun, right? We did. We did. We had a really good time with that. Because that's stupid. And, and no, you're right. And also, you never know when you may find yourself at a sixth grader's birthday party, and you need to and you need to really wow them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're not going to care when your mom's birthday is. No, who would care when my mom's birthday is? But it's fun that they get because now we get to talk about the fact that that Sonic Team gave Big the Cat a birthday. Yeah, that is, and and and. What fun we'll have discussing We're, that. I'm having fun right now. This is probably a completely different show, though, so we'll leave you here. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony and I are going to go record our Sonic the Hedgehog podcast now. <laughs> Do you want to start a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast? Kind of. <laughs> Uh, if you do want to hear us talk about uh, less uh, less sciencey things, you do have the opportunity to do that over on the Patreon. Uh, hmm. If you go to patreon.com slash we have concerns uh, for just three bucks a month, not only do you get access to that Discord, which we talked about before, which is just a, a fun server where we all talk about a bunch of uh, good stuff like Big the Cat. Um, 
you also get the entire conversations that Jeff and I have as we're opening the show. Those ends of convos that you hear when the show's starting, those are entire, that's a whole other show, baby. That's like two podcasts in one. We're usually talking about goofy stuff or video games or, you know, whatever, whatever happens. It's fun stuff. You should check it out. And it's only three bucks a month. Ah, It's a pittance. A pittance. It's a, as Alfred would call it, a pittance, sir. (laughs) Patreon.com slash we have concerns. 